0: hey seahawk fans welcome back to another edition of the seahawks playbook podcast i'm your host Bill Upsett sitting down with co-host keith Myers. welcome to the show keith the midweek show
1: yeah our midweek show we are um uh going through today we're going to talk about some rookies talk about some running back options but first we've got news so uh yeah a lot of ross moves this week
0: yeah a couple things you know we've we've experienced uh one of the parts of this show uh, in addition to catching up with all the rookies the rookie class, and kind of getting an update on that is we're going to take a look at the running back room as well. And we've had some injuries, as everyone knows. And they went out and signed a, a guy today in um Wayne Galman. Uh been around a little bit, was with Clemson's national championship uh roster in 2017, uh, came into the league as a fourth-round draft pick, uh, into the Giants, um, had has like 365 career. Touches for 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns. Had a career game against the Seahawks a couple of years ago. Uh, some Seahawks fans might remember that. The Giants came in with Colt McCoy and beat the Seahawks, surprised the Seahawks at home, uh, then 8-4 and four Seattle. Um, and had like 140 yards rushing on 16 carries, something like that. So um, that's some news. He's signed to the practice squad. I don't know if that necessarily dictates that he would be on the active roster on sundays but depending on what's going on with homer and dallas and of course kenneth walker um he could see some action uh just to kind of get us through a couple weeks until ken walker comes back Mm -hmm. Uh, sounds like pete carroll is not too concerned it's not as serious as it could have been it's not a high ankle sprain it's not a lateral regular ankle sprain it's more of a of a bruise and a um a strain in the lower ankle yeah
1: what i read on just needs to work through it what i read on nfl.com is it's like it's like he jammed it like when you jam a finger and you don't actually do any damage but everything kind of swells up because the bones hit each other and that kind of stuff he did that in his ankle is what it said and honestly i'm gonna agree with pete carroll i don't think i've ever heard of a player doing that with his ankle so that's an odd um an odd injury so we'll see how it how it heals and when he's ready to go
0: yeah pete said if he responds to treatment uh he's good to go this week if not he he may take a week or two it's one of those things where um i think you just kind of have to play through it you kind of play through that pain and it just kind of gets better on its own after a little bit of time i don't know if he could re-aggravate that or not it's pretty unusual he would have to kind of hit it at the same Spot in the same way to kind of make it any worse, it mm-hmm. sounds like. So, we'll see. I'm expecting him to play to be completely honest. Um, let's see what else is going on.
1: Oh, DJ uh, Dallas got has a um a ligament, a high ankle sprain. Um, yeah, yeah, and so he's out well, not out, he's actually day to day. It's not as bad as they thought. He uh, He looked like he was going to be out a while when he couldn't walk off the field, but. Um, it's it's a minor, uh, you know, strain. So he could be back relatively soon or he, this could linger because an ankle injury like that is one that you can't cut because you just can't plant on it. So we'll see how long it takes him to get back.
0: And then Josh Jones was uh, put on injured reserve today. So mm-hmm. uh, the team uh, went out and found a replacement in Jonathan Abram from our first round draft pick of the Las Vegas Raiders and comes in just to kind of be another option for Seattle to to, uh, turn to guy that's uh, not lived up to his first round status, but is a good hitting safety, um, good tackler, but very poor in coverage. So likely uh, near the line of scrimmage, similar to what Josh Jones was doing Mm -hmm. um, for the team. And so it's just, it's another option for them. Tease Tabor. Had quite a few snaps in this last game, and maybe uh, Jonathan Auber would be a slight upgrade there, but we, you know, we just don't know. I don't expect him to play significant snaps, at least really good oh, yeah. in this thing.
1: I mean, we don't know what kind of shape he was in. He was just out there as a. Um, He's been well, on you know, practice
0: squad well, until a couple of weeks ago, I think.
1: Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've got. Um, it, it's really what it comes down to, what we're talking about with the. this all these injuries and whatnot. Seahawks have had reasonable luck with injuries, uh, so far this year, you know, I mean, both the receivers got hurt, but neither one missed time. Um, their offensive line has been relatively healthy. It's been, they've been relatively lucky and eventually they're going to regress to the mean a little bit and losing both your, you know, top two running backs. Well, really, you're one and three running backs because you're never your your number two is Penny and he's out already. And yeah, it is. It's hard. Um, they might get Homer back. He was out with an illness, so he'll be back perhaps um, if he's feeling better. And then, of course, there's always Darwin Thompson, who's I keep forgetting about. He's sitting down on the practice squad. He might actually be the first guy that comes up before Gallman, um as an opportunity to you know get some touches.
0: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They offer same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, and player prop options. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, all right. So that's it. We That's all we had in the news. I noticed that Tariq Woolen was nominated for Rookie of the Week. Um, again, I think that's his second time that he's done that, as well as NFC Defensive Rookie Player of the Week, something like that. So uh, good for him. Um, and we're talking about rookies today, just kind of going through our draft class to kind of find out um, where the rookies have been, where they've stacked up, how they're doing, how they've affected the team, and so forth. So kind of a fun show today to look at that. And then we'll talk about um, Ken Walker while well, we kind of talked about that as well already so um most offensive and defensive snaps played by rookies in the nfl seattle leads in both those categories um which is crazy so we're number one houston's number two chicago three in that um and we've got well over two thousand total snaps played by our rookies
1: yeah you've got i mean houston and chicago are bad and they're going to be picking you know right up there with denver one Um, one two yeah possibly uh and so they're playing a lot of rookies because they just don't have talent uh the seahawks are a good team that are you know fighting for a playoff spot they're in playoff position right now so the fact that they're getting this much um impact from a rookie class is kind of phenomenal yeah
0: it makes it really fun i mean pete carroll's always played rookies to a certain extent um but there's been some positions in the past where he's you've just kind of wondered why he hasn't played uh, guys more often. In fact, I wonder sometimes, too, looking just at Boy Maffei. we'll talk about him in, in just a second, why his snap count isn't, isn't higher. But uh, when it comes to the two tackles on this um, in this draft class that Seattle picked up, they've played almost every single snap uh, on offense so far and have gone without any injuries, knock on wood, and um, the play has just been phenomenal at least league average, and for rookies, that's great. And and sometimes that play, especially with Abe Lucas, has been even better. He's kind of in a almost fringe top 10 uh, category as far as pass block win rates and so forth at right tackle. And um, couldn't have asked for a better combo um, mm-hmm. than we've got in Seattle now, and and it looks like we'll have for the next 10 years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got Charles Cross at, Ninety nine point seven percent of the snaps and uh, Abe Lucas at one hundred like he's played every snap. So yeah. um, <clears throat> that's that's crazy. I means both of them have been healthy. They've been out there. I mean, we've seen some some rookie stuff. Uh, you know, Abe Lucas got beat up on by uh, Crosby in that at the very end of the Raiders game, which um, cost Seattle a chance to, to come back and win that one at the end. Um, and Charles Cross has had a few plays like that, too. But overall, over the course of all the games that we've seen so far, the two of them have been the best two offensive linemen on Seattle's team. Um, and they've been, you know, just a nice, stable uh, thing that since haven't had tackles like that in a while.
0: Yeah, both consistent. Um, they It's funny. They both have six penalties, although Charles Cross had five of them in one game or something like that. Right early on in the season six penalties overall so he hasn't really that's not been an issue since that time five sacks allowed 34 total pressures you'd like to see him improve on that I think he will over time you know you go through an entire uh next off season strength training and so forth um and he just really kind of then steps into that role as far as um you know being that solidified left tackle um, and expectations kind of go up for him, and I think his play will improve over over time in that way. And then, um, you know, as far as uh, Abe Lucas, uh, also six penalties, uh, six sacks, 23 total pressures, so a little bit better overall on the pass blocking. Uh, and run blocking has, has just been outstanding for Abe Lucas, higher than we expected early on. And then I expect him to get better as well. There's a lot of pride there. There's a lot of continuity um, that Seattle will have over time at those two spots. And I think, man, I just couldn't even imagine it being, working out any better than it has for Seattle.
1: Yeah, uh, it's worked out fantastic. I mean, both of them have been good. And they're I think some fans have this uh, Walter Jones, uh, syndrome in terms of expecting um, an offensive tackle to come in and be a pro bowler on day one. And that just doesn't happen. I mean, Walter Jones is, is pro- arguably the best ever. So comparing anybody to him is kind of unfair. Uh, look around the league at the other first round tackles. The other guys taken this year, the guys taken last year, where they are in their, in their development, how or what they're doing. And Cross and Lucas are up there as two of the best. Do the very best uh so absolutely yeah they both they've both been home runs they really have
0: yeah which is just nuts um considering uh Abe Lucas was the 72nd overall pick in the draft uh he's outperforming nearly everyone and 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 literally everyone including cross on a couple different categories so it's just crazy um the the other player i mentioned earlier boy uh, it's interesting because uh, he was our second round, 40th pick overall in the draft. Six uh, four, 261 pounds. He's got 27 combined tackles, two sacks, eight pressures. Um, he's graded out better against the run than he has even as a pass rusher, uh, which I think is just interesting to me because you take a look at the way he played in like the Senior Bowl and the combine shows super athletic ability, um, good good traits as far as his bend and flexibility and his uh his torque and ability to get around the edge. Yet that hasn't been what Seattle's really kind of wanted out of him or what he's excelled at with Seattle so far. What are you seeing out of Boye Mafe?
1: I see a guy who's learning a position. Um he doesn't get to put his hand on the ground and just go after a quarterback. Um as a seven tech or Leo style um defensive end. Now he's got he's up, he's he's back, he's doing Things with coverage, he's got to set an edge. He's got to do a lot more. He's got to read what's going on and react a lot faster. And the game is a lot faster in the NFL than it is in college. So I think he's a guy that's that's growing into the league a little bit. And it's, uh, I mean, he's only playing uh, what is it, thirty-seven point two percent of the snaps. So he's not getting to be out there as much as I think you and I kind of expected him to be but they only had 15 pass- snaps in this
0: last game which i <laughs> thought was just kind
1: of yeah they're asking a lot from him they really are they're they want him to go be uh the full package and not just be hey we're going to use you as a pass rusher only and then you're going to come off the field they want him to be able to do everything and i think they're kind of easing him into that and giving him opportunities to play learn um and not You know, sacrifice, uh, play on the field while he's learning. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, what do you expect in year two?
1: Oh, um, I expect him to take over that starting job and just it's, it be his right. I mean, it's, he's going to rotate through. It's not because that's the way Seattle does it. So, there will be some rotation at that spot, but you won't, the team won't need a Bruce Irvin to come in and, hold it down for the most part um, and I'll let Moffay, you know, have, have 15, 20 snaps a game. Moffay is just going to be the guy. Uh, I really, that, that, that's, that's what he needs to be. That's where he should be. And if he does, uh, if he's learning anything right now, and if he's uh, watches the film of his play, over, you know, during the off season, I think he's going to learn and be ready to go and be just be the guy on the edge.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause see, you know, Seattle, is really kind of struggled in a couple different categories. You know, they they've done well in stretches, getting to the passer, affecting the, you know, um, getting pressure and affecting timing and so forth. Other times they've just disappeared altogether, uh, in a few games. Um, and then defending the run, which Mafé looks like he's one of our better players doing, he's on the field, 15 snaps. So he's not out there able to, to uh, to set the edge and do that from that position um so i do expect him to step up next year we need him to step up i would imagine they also address that position or you know not just that position but all across the defensive line in the draft and in free agency because we've just got to get better um the last three games we've averaged 170 yards uh rushing against us um and it's just been awful Okay. Kobe Bryant. So we talked well, excuse me, we didn't talk about Ken Walker, Uh, drafted 41st overall. Ken Walker has just been great. He's got 650 yards overall so far, 4.7 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. He's got 35 forced missed tackles and 3.08 yards after contact. Um, Also, you know, almost 20 receptions for 116 yards. So He's met every expectation I think that I had of him. I thought Penny would probably get a lion's share of carries this year, and then Ken Walker would kind of take over halfway through the year. It's a little little earlier than that with Penny going out completely, and now he's hurt a little bit. Need him down the stretch, though, for Seattle to be effective at all if we get to the playoffs and want to do anything
1: while we're there. I'm not hearing you, Keith. You're on mute. sorry about that. So Ken Walker has, uh, he has played 50.9% of the snaps, which, okay, about half of them, he barely got on the field in the first three games. Right. Uh, And then even then, like the team goes, um, you know, with uh, five wides, you know, no, no running backs at times. Travis Homer Comes in as a third down back, you know, when he's healthy and, and out there. DJ Dallas has got some, some, some play as well. Uh, and overall, you look at it, that's fifty percent, and that's that's quite a bit. Uh, early on, when he first took over, he was lighting up the scoreboard. I mean, he was a guy that was just, every time he got the ball, you could see there was a chance for him to go to the distance. The last, you know, three or four weeks, that hasn't been the case. A lot of uh, 1.7, 1.9, 2.1. Those are three of the four, um, you know, yard per carry averages in games up until his injury. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I I personally feel that from what I was seeing on the tape, I think that's more of an an interior offensive line problem. But at the same time, like, this team needs a lot more out of the running game than those numbers. You know,
0: if I was defending Seattle, I would certainly try to shut down the run. They've got an opportunity to beat their interior offensive line pretty uh easily. Um, so that's one way to be able to do it. And then um, you know, you 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 keep Ken Walker contained and it's all on Gino. And when you make any offense one dimensional in the NFL, it's it's difficult to win. You know, Gino was able to do it against the depleted Rams had a hell of a game uh, this last game. But when you're talking about down the stretch, um, I had it down, I had written down here somewhere. Maybe I can find that really quick. Um, where I was talking about, um, you know, that the teams that we're going to face down the stretch are all decent run teams, run defending teams. Uh, I think the worst one was 15th ranked, uh, defending the run, uh, defense in the NFL out of the next five games and uh, three top 10 uh, defending the run team. So Seattle needs to figure it out. And if Ken Walker isn't available, it's going to be real difficult. Even with Ken Walker, it seems like it's going to be a decent challenge for Seattle's offensive line to, um, to make sure that they're solid um, if not spectacular because I think if we develop a running game where Walker's uh, a threat to, to break away at any point in the game, that's a huge uh, opportunity for Seattle to take advantage of. And if we're not doing that, it's just going to be really hard. Yeah. Um, and Ken Walker's, you know, got a bright future here. Um, but I do think that we're probably looking at an upgrade in the offseason as far as the center or maybe at least one guard spot.
1: Yeah, like I said, um, the running game isn't doing what it needed, but I don't put most of that on Ken Walker. Um, I put most of that on the offensive line, especially the interior guys um he's he's been great when given the opportunity and a little bit of blocking so
0: so moving on uh cornerback kobe bryant is the next player up he was drafted at 109 overall in the fourth round um he's he's been playing okay uh 42 solo tackles 56 targets 42 receptions allowed on those targets with a grade of 55.4 pro football focus Passer rating allowed 110.4, does have four forced fumbles and a solid tackler, um, mm-hmm. physical player. But once in a while he gets picked on and mm-hmm. um, it, it's yeah. it's hard to watch sometimes, but I get it. He's, he's learning the position. He never had played uh, that nickel spot before and it takes a little bit of time. And I just don't know if he has the agility that that some of the other players asked to play that spot do he you know before this um he was an outside corner and that requires a certain skill set it's completely new thinking when you move inside and we'll see.
1: I think he has because we've we've seen him do well at times um in that role. I think it's just more of uh when you are on the boundary, right, they you have that sideline to help you uh when you're playing in the slot you don't and so they you have to be better at reading uh the feet and body of the receiver and he, that's a skill that i i think he's learning and he's struggling with at times and other times he does pretty well so uh he has played 67.8 percent of the snaps this year
0: yeah they've asked him to just jump right in
1: yeah I mean, that's that's more than I thought, especially considering like he he didn't play well the first couple games. he got benched um, and then got a chance to come back. And when he came back, he was looking a lot better. Um, he still has lapses, but overall he's he's been been doing all right. Is this one of
0: those spots that you can't completely just evaluate him in a silo? It also requires you to evaluate the players around him because of of the zone scheme that they play quite often in Mm -hmm. in and around the middle of the field, he's taken handoffs, handing uh, off receivers quite often. And, and that requires a certain level of communication, understanding of the scheme completely and trust in other players also trust in him uh, to be able to make plays and so forth and be where he's supposed to be. Um, How does that factor into this?
1: Oh, it's completely factored factors into this. That's part of, of, um, you know what he's learning is just how to do that, how to communicate that. Uh he's got he can't just, you know, release a wide receiver to, you know, the next guy over sometimes because the next guy over might be a linebacker who's got responsibilities on a running back. Right. So he's got to know when to carry a receiver and when to release them. And and there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things going on. And it it's one of those things that you as a as a middle defender um, as a safety or an, a slot corner, you know, it, it just takes a while. It, it There's a lot of, uh, a lot of work that goes into doing what these guys do.
0: So this next player, I've, I've just literally made the determination here this last couple of days. And after doing a little bit of research for this show that we're now talking about, I think the best defender on Seattle's defense in Uh, cornerback, Tariq Wollin, 6'4", 205, drafted him in the fifth round, 153 overall. He's got 40 solo tackles, a bunch of other combo tackles, six interceptions, ties for the league in the NFL, not just for rookies, the entire NFL uh, sits tied for fourth and passes defended, 51 targets, 21 receptions allowed, 12 passes defended, ranks fourth in the league. I said that. Uh, Grades out at a 72 overall pro football focus. Uh, 52.8, uh, quarterback ranking, uh, while targeted ranks third in the league against the Rams, Tariq Woolen had one catch allowed an interception, two forcing completions and an 11.5 passer rating allowed. I mean, mm-hmm. the kid's just been so consistent week in, week out. Um, I think our, he's our best player. I mean, you Cheninowasu is another guy, obviously with nine sacks so far this year, but man, I just don't know what to say about a rookie uh, with these kind of stats and and this kind of performance. Uh, It's just astounding to me.
1: Yeah. I I don't know nationally if people have taken notice of just how good this kid is. Um, But if they have, if, if, if someone's pointing it out, uh, this is a pro bowl guy in his rookie season at a position where it generally takes a guy's two years plus um, before they really hit their stride and show exactly what they can do, it's not a position where you come in and just excel um, from day one. Now you can come in and unless excel. you're just a prodigy
0: and you're you know you're a top five pick,
1: yeah. I mean, like you can Sauce come Gardner, in, you can come in and excel for a rookie, but that's not what uh, Wollan is doing. And Sauce Gardner, Sauce Gardner is actually playing out of his mind as well. He is. Um, but both of them. It, they're not just playing well for a rookie. They're playing really well for an NFL corner, and that is very uncommon, even amongst guys that are top five picks.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's 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 a pleasure to watch. I mean, it's, you're already seeing the effect. He was targeted, what did I say, uh, you know, only four times in the Rams game, one catch allowed, one interception, two forcing completions. I mean, there's a reason... Uh, he used to be targeted eight, nine times a game, you know, in the first two or three games. And now it's down to like four or three. And, and, and for those four attempts, quarterbacks are paying the price to forcing completions and interception. Um, he's basically just nullifying one half of the field, just like Richard Sherman did, you know, by the time that Richard Sherman ended his rookie campaign, he was to, to this level as well. Um. And I would almost argue that Tariq Wallen is looking better as a rookie than Richard Sherman did as a rookie. And Richard Sherman was fabulous.
1: Yeah. And you saw the growth of from Sherman from year one to year two and the growth again from year two to year three. Right. Um, year three was that year where, honestly, he might have been the best uh, outside defender in the NFL. Um, that wasn't to say that he wasn't great the previous two years, but there were other people on par with him, but he continued to elevate his play because cornerbacks do that. Uh, It's one of those positions that you see development over time, Uh, a lot like defensive line and a a lot like the offensive line, which is part of the reason why you and I keep raving about the offensive tackles is these are positions where it takes time to learn the game and and develop as a player. Well, speaking
0: of learning the game, this is equivalent to Tariq Woolen's junior year in college.
1: Mm-hmm. He only played
0: two years at the cornerback position prior to entering the NFL, and, yeah. and it, a total of 15 games. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, absurd. And it's just, he's literally doing this year just on physical ability, just on a sheer talent uh, that he brings to the table where he doesn't completely know the scheme, uh, just like Kobe Bryant doesn't know the scheme or any other rookie. Um, so he's just playing and just on talent, and, and when he knows the scheme and he knows the, the handoffs and he can read defenses better and he, he knows what to expect, what quarterbacks are trying to challenge and what wide receivers are doing uh, to to set him up and so forth. I mean, he's not perfect. You go out and watch the film, he's missing assignments. He's uh, allowing receivers to get behind him. But his physical ability allows him to play catch up to go uh and his mm-hmm. length to to tip passes to make plays to, to get those interceptions i'm i'm just can hardly wait until he yeah learns i the mean game.
1: as he continues to learn and as he continues to watch film and whatever what you're going to start to see is him do the same thing that sherman used to do Bape. and that is Bait, bait quarterbacks where he ma- <laughs> he'll he'll make a guy look slightly open to try yes. and get uh them to throw the ball and when he knows where everything is and he can yes. move over and take and get that interception um Sherman was a master at that. Yeah. Um and uh Wollens not there yet but you kind of get the feeling he's going to be. Um he's just so much talent, so much talent. It's just yeah, crazy.
0: Fun, 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 fun. My favorite rookie by far, I think. And 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 I love those two tackles. But, man, you guys mm-hmm. are just so much fun to watch. All right. The other player uh, that we had didn't make it out of training camp. In fact, only made it out of two practices was uh, Tariki Smith, the 6'3", 245-pound edge rusher that we drafted in the fifth round as well. Just a few picks after Wolin uh, from Ohio State. Uh the rub on this guy was he had a four eight forty and his seven yard split, uh ten yard split was one point seven two, which is just not good. Uh mm-hmm. anything over one point five for a player like this is going to be subpar and one point seven two is getting close to where offensive linemen are running. And um, so that's the deal with him, but his agility is is really off the charts. And he's um and his quickness and his bend and so forth that's kind of where he won battles Mm -hmm. uh, when he was playing in college but out injured on injury reserve for the year he'll come back next year it's just like having a new draft pick next year guy's going to be in the program he's going to have all that weight training build up some speed maybe put on a little bit of weight he's kind of a tweener when you take a look at him he's 245 pounds at 6'3 but with that slow speed they may want to have him bulk up a little bit they might even have him take a look at inside linebacker um, mm-hmm. at, at that size with that speed and so forth because he's not going to have that elite uh, speed or or twitch that like a boy, Mafe, would have. But he also doesn't have the bulk to play Uchana Nawasu's spot. So what are you going to do?
1: Well, I think that what you, you do with a guy like him is uh, you do add some weight to him. You get him up to 260 pounds and you use him as a situational pass rusher as a defensive end not as an outside linebacker in this 3-4 but as a defensive end so you'd get a guy like um you know puna ford that would come off the field in third and long and you put him in there because he's the agility he's not fast but his first step is really quick so he can get into that gap yeah. um uh, before the before the garden center move um and and that's what that's what you they this team needs, and I think if you put him in there and you give him a chance to to, to get pressure that way, I, you can get a lot out of it. No, it's a fifth round pick. You're not asking most fifth round picks to do, you know, starter load things. And so uh, it, I think it ends up being, if they get that out of him, where he becomes a situational pass rusher, a guy who plays thirty percent of the snaps and just gets after quarterbacks. Yes. Um, from that five tech spot. That's exactly right. Honestly, that's a win. I put in I my expect.
0: I put in my notes, Keith, and you could probably relate to this that his ceiling may be a player like Benson Maioa, um, which would be great. He's a specialist. He's a special yeah. teams player and play. And Benson Maioa has played in 115 career games, so you get a guy that's uh, that takes 30, 40 percent of the snaps max. And um, you know, you mentioned the agility and the quick first step. He did have a 4.24 short shuttle and a 7.06 three cone, which are 80 percentile. For his size and weight
1: yeah that and three cone is is right up there with wide receivers and cornerbacks
0: exactly and so, so you get a guy like that can move around laterally close to the line of scrimmage and and you've got a guy that can maybe beat guys off the off the edge and beat guys up the middle with a nice uh you know swim move or combo and um so it's just a matter of building strength for him putting on a little bit of weight like you said mm-hmm. and maybe you develop him into a benson mayo kind of guy just a specialist uh that comes in he's not a, a three down player i don't think the, he'll ever be a three down player um unless somehow or another he was injured which i do not have any information on that really yeah. pushed that 40 time number out um because that's why he fell in the draft all right uh two guys in the seventh round that we drafted Bo melton and Derek young both wide receivers um one of them has uh had some time on the active roster and Tariq Young, uh, who I think has the higher upside of the two. And then Bo Melton, the mm-hmm. 5'11", 190-pound guy with the speed, around a 4'3", 4'40", uh, the, the 38-inch vertical, the six nine eight three 3-cone. Um, so he'd be a great slot guy. Um, and he just hasn't been able to to uh, even uh, come up for a single game uh, off the yeah. practice squad, although they've kept him around. I just they don't know kept, that if he makes the roster around, next year.
1: But then you look at... As you know, things have happened. They went and they added Laquan Treadwell, You're right? Um, in yes. Instead of bringing him up, um, and so that that's usually not a good sign. That a guy that is just com- almost completely washed out of the league, like Treadwell, um, is now getting snaps and touches, and Melton can't even see the field. Yes. Uh, Derick Young,
0: Young, is similar. I mean, he hasn't. Drake Young has not really taken any snaps on the offense, but he has been a great special teams guy.
1: Yeah, six point six percent of the snaps, um, which is very little. Very <laughs> yeah. little. Uh, there very were a little, couple, but, of, but there's, there's still there's, an
0: opportunity for him to develop.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a couple of games Tariq, yeah. where guys got banged up and and missed some time, and then that those are the ones when he got almost all of his offensive snaps. And um, you know, he's still big, he's still fast, he's still really strong. He's kind of uh, like
0: a Debo Samuel light. I mean, he had a lot of that experience in college. It'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool with, especially with our issues in the running back room to maybe take a look at at some of those things uh, with Derek Young. In fact, you could even line him up in the backfield once in a while. Um, and he's got that kind of ability, but we just haven't had a chance to see it.
1: Yeah. Um him and Milton, both are guys that there's promise there, but they were seventh round picks for a reason, right? uh that's why they were why teams passed on him that many times until uh the Seahawks picked him up down in the seventh round. uh there was a lot of development that was needed. We saw some interesting things in the preseason from Young in terms of his his physical talents and his inability to catch the football um'cause so there were a lot of drops, a lot of balls that hit him in the hands that ended up on the on the turf. Um, and so we'll have to see with how he develops that way, but overall, um, if either one of them turns into a serviceable, yeah, a serviceable contributing player, again, that's a win for a seventh round draft pick. So round draft picks don't even make, make rosters.
0: So you just kind of gave that a little win grade or whatever. Um, when you take a look at the draft class as a whole, Keith, and it's you know we've gone through 12 13 games now it's 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 okay to to give this thing a grade i think in the first year mm-hmm. where do you think seattle stands as far as this draft class this impact so far
1: um well they're a team that's way better than anyone expected in part because they've got more rookies more snaps by rookies than any other team um how can you not just say that this is a been a great draft class. The two tackles, woolen Walker. Um, I mean, you've got five starters or four, but and then Mafe. Uh, I guess I count Cody, Kobe Bryant as a starter because he's yeah. at the nickel corner and he's playing two thirds of the snaps. Um yeah. more than more than uh Cody Barton is. So uh you just put all that together. I mean, like you got five starters and a, a key role player that looks like he's gonna be a starter next year. That's a phenomenal draft. That's a phenomenal draft.
0: And, and not only just starters, we're talking high end starters.
1: Yeah, well, and starters Lucas, that would be
0: starters on, on almost any team. hmm
1: Which yeah. is
0: which is outstanding.
1: That's true because it, it's one thing to start, but if you're bad, but th- that just means there's nobody behind you. When you got a guy like Woolen, he's a starter and he's a Pro Bowl level player. uh yeah. There isn't. There Abe isn't Lucas a scheme. Is, is
0: gonna contend for you know offensive right tackle uh rookie yeah. uh all all rookie team
1: both of those um, two guys are would start on almost any team that they got drafted by yes Wollen and lucas are both guys that could start for almost any team in the nfl
0: yeah yeah and ken walker probably you know run for at least uh three quarters of the teams out there you know at least the second back out there yep. um yeah Kobe Bryant, I don't know. Kobe Bryant, I think that the tail of the tape is still out on Kobe Bryant for me. Um, Is he really good right now? No. Could he be replaced next year by an upgrade if it worked out that way, either in the draft or in free agency? Maybe. Maybe Kobe Bryant ends up being kind of a utilitarian guy that plays a little free safety now and again, a little... Mm -hmm. uh, slot uh, corner little, uh, you know, nickel corner and plays on the outside a little bit and just kind of shifts all over the place, but they have a real good, solid nickel guy to come in. I don't know. Maybe they, you know, Pete Carroll's probably extremely happy with his play and and, and I could be just completely wrong. It's so, it's really hard to evaluate that spot for me because it's so in close quarters with so many other players involved. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly where his fault lies and where other people are contributing to that and he's just kind of having to deal with with you know a bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff contributing to to his play but i think he can he's he's a smart player he's a smart player and i think they'll they'll figure it out with him but i i just don't know yet on him
1: yeah i mean one that's one of the things we're we're not down there on the field we can't hear the communication um happening by the, by the defenders and stuff during the play. We don't know um, who's right, who's wrong when they, when they're trying to communicate. And that is super important. It's, this isn't just a physical game where, oh, he, no, maybe he's not fast enough or he's not long enough or anything like that. There's so much of the mental side of it, uh, the communication side of it, the being able to in, you know, a hundredth of a second, know what, what someone else is doing and know how to react to it and what that means with with the scheme of all the people around you it's there's a lot of mental that goes into being a good player in the nfl so
0: well i agree with you i think this this draft class has been a slam dunk it's really been a pleasure to to have these guys on the team and, and see their development and look forward to the years ahead and then to be able to add to that pile in this coming draft which is just keeps getting better and better third overall pick in the NFL draft with Denver's pick and then that high uh, pick again in the second round just phenomenal so you know when you take a look and you plug away at the mock draft simulators for example you could easily come away with five players again that have an immediate impact on your roster um, and and immediate starting potential in spots that you're at your weakest defensive tackle um, you know, uh, backup quarterback or starting quarterback in the future. Um, safety, maybe strong safety. Um, there's Ed just rusher, edge rusher, et cetera. linebacker, center, etc. And those mm-hmm. things line up pretty well in the draft for Seattle. So it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. All right, we're going to get out of here today and come back later in the week. We're going to have a preview of the Carolina Panthers coming to town to, to visit the Seattle Seahawks and um, Sam Darnold um still getting opportunities out there he's not a horrible quarterback you go look at his tape you go look at his play he's done some good things for them at times and other times um, when he doesn't get time in the pocket he's not he's not great
1: yeah he's um, a guy he's that a, wants move him off his spot he's gonna he wants to to take that five-step drop and mm-hmm. sit there and then yes. make a throw but move him off that spot and he starts to struggle
0: so, that's the game plan. You nailed it already. We don't even have to have the show now. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, you're going to find Keith on Twitter, at Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. You can find the show, find the podcast, find the YouTube channel, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll see you next time, guys. Go Hawks.
1: Go Hawks. Seahawks
0: Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWCHawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.